Life Audio. Today's psalm is really reflective in the lens of awe and the fear of God and what that actually means. So as we dive in today's psalm, I pray that it's an encouragement to you as we recognize that when we come to this place of truly fearing God, it produces this heart of worship in us. I pray today's episode is a blessing for you. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach. And I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we are continuing our Psalm devotional reading. And I just want to mention that the reason why we're going through the Psalms is it was in fact the hymn book and the prayer book of Jesus. And and while you may be questioning why is the Hearing Jesus Podcast going through this Psalm series, I really started it because the book of Psalms is quoted by Jesus and the disciples more often than any other Old Testament book. And it felt really important for me to have this good understanding understanding of what's in the Psalms because Jesus knew what was in the Psalms. That was on the tip of his heart, the tip of his mind. And so if we are in this quest to understand him and to understand his words more clearly, how better way than to start by going through the Psalms? So as we're reading through the Psalms each day, again, this is not to replace your Bible reading, but it's to supplement it. My heart is really to help you understand some of these things that might be a little bit confusing if you're doing it on your own. And again, it's to drive you back to God's word. As we go through the Psalms, if you're wanting to dive in a little bit deeper, I do have a couple resources for you. Every Monday, I send out a free newsletter that has a journaling prompt that does a key verse and a a journaling question to help you get this information from your head into your heart. The journaling is really just a way to help you process what you're learning. If you would like the previous journaling prompts from the previous episodes, if you were not part of that newsletter, you can also get those at my website. If you go to shehears.org and go to the resources page, you'll see the different Psalms guided journals there. And those guided journals, I say guided devotional journals, I guess, are really neat. They have a link to each of the audio devotionals. There is the key key verse for the day, the journaling prompt for the day, and then actual space to journal alongside. And what you could do with that is you could either print it out and use it that way, or you could use it on an iPad or a similar device. And then once we finish this whole Psalm series, we're going to have a printed resource available for you too. So again, just additional ways to get you diving into God's word more consistently and more clearly. Today we are reading through Psalm 111. And I am reading from the NIV today, starting at verse one. Praise the Lord. I will extol the Lord with all my heart in the council of the upright and in the assembly. 
Great are the works of the Lord. They are pondered by all who delight in them. Glorious and majestic are his deeds, and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. He has shown his people the power of his works, giving them the lands of other nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever, enacted in faithfulness and uprightness. He provided redemption for his people. He ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. So today, as we go through Psalm 11, there's a couple things that I want to point out that might be helpful for you as you're trying to understand this psalm. Psalm 11 is a good demonstration of the fact that sometimes it's not easy to categorize psalms. We know that the psalms come in hymns and prayers and there's lament psalms and there's thanksgiving psalms. But Psalm 111 kind of is a little bit different in that it has elements of several different kinds of psalms in it. There's some elements of hymns and there's also some elements of being a thanksgiving psalm. But then there's also concepts of wisdom from the wisdom tradition. And so it's interesting to see that this psalm doesn't fit the traditional genre of some of those kinds of psalms that we have. But yet, essentially, what we're seeing here is the way that the psalmist is evoking these great acts of God. And especially if we're talking about the acts of redemption. And while the psalmist who is acting as either a worship director or even a teacher speaking in a school or in front of the great assembly, while they don't necessarily specifically refer to a specific event that happened, we know what has happened throughout the history of Israel. We know the things that God has guided them through. And so he's drawing on that shared knowledge. And again, if you need some more content around that or some more context, rather, you can look at some of the previous episodes that we've done or even just think through the history of Israel and what they experienced as a nation. This psalm is interesting because in the Hebrew, it's actually an acrostic. And so each colon begins with another letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And what that does is it gives us the sense of order and it's a complete coverage of the topic. That's what it tells us. Psalm 111 verse 1, when it's talking about praising the Lord. The psalm really begins with this call to praise God. And of course, there's also this statement of the psalmist acting as the worship leader's intention to do just that in front of this assembly of God's people. When it talks about the council of the upright and in the assembly, that's essentially talking about probably a what we would say would be church people. It's essentially talking about a group of people that are God's people that are there for the purpose of learning about him and worshiping him. And then the psalmist says, I love this part. He holds nothing back from his worship. He talks about worshiping with all of his heart. Then it goes on to talk about his works and the worship leader here, the psalmist is beginning by declaring the works of God to be great. And again, we don't know specifically what he's talking about. The general sense is that he's talking about the historical record of what Israel has gone through and most likely what he's referring to, at least the undercurrent there, of course, is the exodus from Egypt. And so God throughout Israel's history 
demonstrates his righteousness because they show he is on the side of who his people are against their oppressors. And so it's not that people deserve this treatment. Even now we don't deserve those things, but they're acts of grace and compassion because that is a characteristic and the, the nature of who God is. In the Old Testament, we read about this in Exodus and then in Nehemiah and throughout the Psalms, of course, and then in Joel as part of the grace and the compassion of God. Verse 5 says that he gives food for those who fear him. Now, perhaps this is a reference to the provision of food in the wilderness, in the wandering, the manna. You could read about that in Exodus 16 or Numbers 11. But if so, he provided that food. I want you to pay attention to this, not just for those who feared him, but for also those who were complaining against him. Those that fear God recognize his provision and their own role within this world of the creation that the creator has made. And so he is the creator. They are his creatures. And as the creator, he is providing for his creation. And when it talks about the fear, it's important to remember that that's not the kind of fear that makes somebody afraid or run away in horror, but it's more of respect. I tell the story and I've told this on the podcast before, but I always come back to this example of one time we were in Kenya and we got to go through the area where it's an overlook of the Great Rift Valley. And if you've never seen it, you can just Google it and you can try to imagine what it would have felt like to be there. But when we're overlooking the Great Rift Valley, it is expansive and it's huge. And at one point in the not so distant uh, past, that whole section of Kenya was in a drought and it was barren. But yet this time when we were there, we had experienced this refreshing rain. And when we looked out, it was now all green. Well, as much as green, as much as, much as Africa can be green, but this was all green and comparatively to what it looked like before, it was like night and day. And the area that we had just come from, it was really interesting because it was a really gray, cloudy day, but there was two beams of sunlight shining down onto the area that we had just come from where we had been ministering to. And, and we this was on our way back up to the airport. We were getting ready to leave Kenya at that time. And I remember just thinking like, oh my gosh, God, like this is such a clear example to me of your goodness. And it was this moment where I just was overcome with awe of God as creator. And I found myself leaning over the railing, like leaning in. And of course, I don't mean like I was going to jump or anything like that. But it was just this awe of like, just so filled with admiration and wonder for who God is, this amazing creator, leaning in to just look at this expanse of what all he had created in this region. And that's what I think of when I think of fear of the Lord. And and that's what it kind of means as we think about that, that in terms of the original context in the Hebrew, that word awe really captures the sense of the word the best. We're going to take a quick break right now. When we come back, we'll finish up this psalm. Stay tuned. Scripture talks about in Proverbs how the fear of the Lord, that awe or that wonder that we have for the creator as his creation, that fear of the Lord is described as the beginning of wisdom. And I think that's really important to remember. And then we know, of course, that the blessing of the covenant, which included the provision of food, was for those that follow God. 
And then in verses 6 through 9, it goes into talking about the conquest and the covenant. And so the people of Israel have seen these demonstrations of God's power in all sorts of ways throughout their history, but specifically in the conquest when he was giving them the lands of other nations, the promised land. We read about that in the beginning part of Joshua. By the power of God, these people were able to defeat these nations that were much stronger and had way more people than than what they had. And you can read about that in, of course, Deuteronomy. But in verses in 7 and 8, it speaks about God's laws. The precepts are God's laws that he gave them at Mount Sinai after the exodus from Egypt. And it was before the conquest of the promised land. So that's what it's referring to. And again, it's part of the covenant that God established through Moses. And then again, we, we end up this psalm again with verse 10, talking again about the fear of the Lord. And so what this psalm is doing is it's concluding with this pronouncement that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's common throughout the wisdom literature. We learn about that in Proverbs especially. But wisdom demonstrates itself through following God's laws, God's, pre, God's precepts. And so because there's this understanding about the world and how to live in it and how we are the creation and we have to um, bend towards the creator because he has his best plan and purpose for us. As we understand that, we, we live our lives through this lens and this filter of awe of God, of fear of God. The result of that is understanding who God is, and then that produces in us this praise. I couldn't help when I looked out over the Great Rift Valley but to praise God for who he is. Understanding that I am just this creation that this great creator has created, it produced in me just praise for who he is. And so what the psalmist is doing here is he's calling on those who fear the Lord to praise God, not just for who he is, but for his acts of redemption. And so he does subtly allude to the exodus and the wilderness wandering and the conquest. Those are all examples of God's redemptive act. But here he's also talking about giving of the law. As believers, we know fully that God has provided redemption for his people. And because we live after the time of the coming of Jesus, Jesus himself reflects God's character. And the way that God is described in this psalm, Jesus reflects it as well. But we also know that his death and his resurrection bring people redemption from sin and guilt and death. And we're celebrating that this this past week is what we celebrated Holy Week. We understand that this act of redemption is only found in Jesus. And so I love how the Psalms even are a precursor to what Jesus was going to do. And as it describes God, we know, of course, from the Trinity, Jesus, God, Holy Spirit, they're all one. This description of God's character and nature is also describing the character and nature of Jesus. I just think that's powerful. So as we remember those insights, I'm going to go back and I'm going to read through starting again in verse 1. Praise the Lord. I will extol the Lord with all my heart in the counsel of the upright and in the assembly. Great are the works of the Lord. They are pondered by all who delight in them. Glorious and majestic are his deeds and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. He has shown his people the power of his works, giving them the lands of other nations. The works of his hands 
commands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever, enacted in faithfulness and uprightness. He provided redemption for his people. He ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. God, we just surrender our hearts right now. We offer to you eternal praise. God, we are so thankful for the redemption that you offer to us, God. Even as we have celebrated Resurrection Sunday this past weekend, Lord God, I thank you for this plan of redemption that we can see from the beginning of time, from the beginning of the fall when it happened, your rescue plan that you had for us that was fulfilled in Jesus. God, we thank you and we praise you for who you are. God, help us to have this eternal sense of awe and wonder as the creation and you the creator. God, I pray for my friend today that may be listening. Lord God, I pray that you would impart to them just a fresh sense of awe and wonder for who you are. God, we praise you and we thank you for choosing us to be your children. God, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey friends, are you needing a couple more resources? I want to let you know that in addition to the resources I mentioned today on the show, I have a whole section of my website called the resources page. There is a free download for a seven day devotional. There are lots of Bibles, journaling Bibles, note taking Bibles. There's my Bible study, She Hears, which is a Bible study about Jesus and the book of John and six women that he interacts with. He encourages, he calls, he equips. And then in that Bible study, I teach the color method and the color method is designed for you to be able to take that method and use it on any passage of scripture. So I encourage you to check that out if you're finding that you need some additional resources to dig a little bit deeper. I pray those are a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call on your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.